Hello, this is William Fink, and this is Christagenia Internet Radio. Today, we are pre-recording our program for Friday, September 4th, 2020. Right now, it is Thursday afternoon, and we have a friend who will go by the name of Dasho here with us to present what we shall call the wrong stuff, Inside Edition. At Christagenia, we have always denigrated the alt-right and its leaders, and for various legitimate reasons. We have spoken about Mike Enoch and other alt-right figures in the past, such as Andrew Anglin and the character generally known as Weave. But except for Mike Delaney's long ago and former friendship with Anglin, we never had an insider's perspective on any of these individuals. But now we have Dasho, who has recently come to Christian Identity, and perhaps he can introduce himself, at least in part, by explaining his transition. Dasho is a former member at the Forum of the Right Stuff, and after Mike Enoch's doxing, a former moderator of the Breakaway Forum which was called the Purity Spiral, who was an alt-right insider for several years. We first met him when he joined the Christagenia Forum some months ago. Perhaps this is timely as Mike Enoch once again aspires to be an alt-right leader, having announced just weeks ago the formation of his own political party, calling it the National Justice Party, of which he is now the chairman. Dasho, thank you for being here. Welcome to Christagenia. It's great to be here, Bill, and I'm glad that you could have me on. Uh, let's see. I suppose, I suppose to start with, I should probably explain why I know all of these people, which is as, as fair a place to begin as any. Well, well why um, you know them all and, then, and how you don't know them now and, and came here or, or, or migrated away from the all right into Christian identity. Right. Um, so I suppose just, just as a preface, I may, I may end up referencing some things that, that some people may not be familiar with, but that's fine. Um, I, I am a former person who used to post on, I still post on, the politically incorrect board on 4chan, which is an anonymous image board. It's gone through a number of different waves of people coming in and posting. Generally speaking, it's been a free speech board, although that's been changing recently. And I suppose all this started on 4chan because when there was a there was a lot of controversy on 4chan when a when a gaming journalist because 4chan has always been a hobbyist board. It has a lot of a lot of subboards for things like literature, physical fitness, cartoons, that kind of thing, video games. It came out that there was a scandal called Gamergate where a female gaming uh, indie dev, who was Jewish, by the way, um, <laughs> was trading sexual favors for good reviews with gaming journalists. And this caused a huge scandal. And a number of people on the moderation of 4chan actually were involved with the scandal and banned people who were talking about it. And that led to people deciding to have a breakaway site from 4chan called 8chan. 
And I suppose that's really where all the trouble started. <laughs> um, um, so, so if you, if you ever want to wonder why all of this is happening, I, I know, I know it's been a joke recently in some circles that all of this is happening because, because that gorilla Harambe got shot. Actually, that's not true. The reason all of this happened is because a Jewish video game developer gave some guy a blowjob for a good reviewer video. That's, that's the real reason all this is happening. Um, so on, on 8chan, there were a number of boards that were a lot more popular than others because of Gamergate. And obviously the one that I frequented the most was the 8chan version of Poll, politically incorrect. On 8chan's Poll, there were a number of th threads that were made for people who were in regional areas, like the Georgia thread, Virginia thread. I posted in the Virginia thread. I'm a Virginian. I live in Virginia. And it was there that I was recruited. I was, I was, people were talking and they said, well, we'd like to talk, you know, more, not anonymous posting on a forum or not on a forum, but on a, on a image board. We'd, we'd like, let's, let's have some, you know, calls. Let's talk voice to voice. So from, from there, I was invited to a Skype group uh, called uh, Virginia Anonymous, right? Which was just people who were, or political on that, right? And I, I had some some brief friendships there. And two things happened around the same time. I was only in that group for about a week and a half. Um, the guy who founded the group was a was a younger man. I've I've I spoke with. I mean, I say younger. I'm I'm not old, but he was he was a teenager. I created that group. He was a Christian nationalist, and then. I went away for the weekend and came back. And when I came back, he was a vocal neo-pagan. And I confronted him about this. And I feel it's, it's worth noting that at this point, I, I was not, I wasn't what I'd call a good Christian today. I, you know, I'm not, I wasn't what I would refer to as a good Christian. And I wasn't particularly racist back then either. I was, I was sort of a racial realist, but I didn't really hate anybody. I didn't, I didn't want anybody dead. I suppose. You know, I, I was I tried to be very reasonable about it, but it, it upset me that he would change his religion like that, like someone changes a coat. And I told him, this isn't sincere, right? You've, you're just you're just you're just changing your coat like you're putting on a new pair of clothes. And this guy got really mad at me and he banned me. However, as that was happening, somebody else on that on that Virginia anonymous group. Uh, sent me a private message. They sent me a thing on Skype that said, "Hey, you seem you seem pretty pretty keen, right? You seem pretty sharp. Uh, I'm going to give you an invite to a place that you might find more appealing than this." And that's how I got into the right stuff. Biz. This 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 particular individual who I'm going to be honest, it was so long ago. I don't even remember what what name they used, what their screen name was. This person sent me an invitation to join the rightstuff.bids, and that's how I got in with them. So that's where all of this started. Now, A-Chan is closed down, right? I, I believe they are, unless they popped up back somewhere else. Oh, yes, I believe they are, because the, the, the person who ran 8chan, uh, who, by the way, there's so many of these people are Jewish. It's outrageous how many of them are actually Jewish once you, once you start seeing Jews and you look back. The person who ran the website was Jewish. Um, he's, he was born with a birth defect that 
confined him to a a wheelchair for his entire life. And people, but people liked him, right? Like he was the mascot for the website, so everyone called him Hot Wheels, and they drew they drew pictures of him scooting around, leaving trails of fire everywhere. And he was. He was. He claimed to be very libertarian, but as is pretty typical of all Jewish libertarians, libertarian free speech ends where Jewish feelings begin, right? And Absolutely. in the end, I believe all of that ended up getting shuttered up and closed down for a variety of reasons. I'm I'm not intimately familiar with it, but I know at least a part of it is is tax reasons. There was some kind of trouble with the IRS. I don't I don't fully understand all of that drama. Well, it's still fascinating that 8chan started because of some sexual indiscretion at 4chan. <laughs> the internet is a strange creature, Bill. I, I, I live here, but I don't understand the rules. Oh, that surprises think, me in today's day and age with, with, with these, um, I, I don't know, millennials and, and Gen Xers or Zoomers or whatever they're called now. I, I, I don't even know. Who, I mean, who were basically raised on porn. That, like, they would get offended over that. That surprises me. I'm glad it happened, but I'm glad they got offended, but that surprises me. Yeah, if, if there's one thing, I, I, don't, I don't put a lot of stock in any much the alt-right says these days, but if there's one thing that I do, I do think they're right on, it's, it's there, there's, there's no real middle ground with, with, with millennials and with Zoomers. Either you're a communist or you want to throw communists out of helicopters, right, and nail them to crosses. There's really no middle ground there. So, so you suppose, went to the right stuff. The right stuff dot biz is, I suppose, I, I could say was, because I believe they've changed the website a little bit. It's, it's, but we'll just call it is. It still exists. The right stuff was a collection of podcasts and podcast shows, not dissimilar to what we're doing now, that were hosted by different people. Sometimes it was one person who would have guests on in other on other shows. It was two people who would talk back and forth. And they had different topics. One, one of them covered the news. One of them uh, was like a comedy thing. One of them dealt with you know European politics, et cetera. And there, were, there was a group of people who, who created these podcasts, right? And they would put them out there. And the right stuff was essentially a platform that all of these podcasts were published on. Right. Uh, the right stuff also had like news articles. They had they had uh, you know, written essays and things. I actually contributed to a few of those. I don't believe I was ever on any of their podcasts. I did write for them briefly. Uh, and there was also a forum attached to the right stuff. And at that point in time, you had to have an invitation from someone who was already part of the forum to join the forum, which is where I, that's where I got my invitation from is from that Skype group. Um, the, the way the forum worked was it was divided up into groups, which were essentially like clicks. There were people who had certain interests, like there was a group called the flyovers and they had like a green badge next to their posts and on their, their profile that indicated that they were part of the flyover group. And the flyovers were all of the people on the right stuff who were from American flyover country. There was also, I think there was a, there was a red coats group that was uh, people from the United Kingdom, uh, British. And there was another, there was another group called the Dixiecrats, which I was a member of. I joined the Dixiecrats and that meant I had a, I had a black and white cross next to my name because I was a, I was a Southern white man. 
There was another group called the Higher Ups, and that's actually what they called themselves. And that group was exclusive to people who made content, people who made podcasts and published them on the website. And that may seem somewhat petty to, to mention that, but it's actually going to become really important that all of these people had their own group and that they held themselves apart from everyone else. Because if they hadn't done that, some of the things that we're about to talk about may not have happened. But they did hold themselves aloof from the general forum. Most of the people who were in the higher-ups group, it was more of a... They didn't post often, right? It was, it was more of a symbol, right? Like something that they, that they oh, I'm a member of the higher-ups, right? I make things. Hmm. And they had their own Facebook group which was where they did most of their interacting with each other. And they left the forum largely to us, just the people who listened to the podcasts and commented on things that were being talked about. So that's what TRS was, is it was essentially, it was a podcast aggregate site, for lack of a better term. I'm going to, a little later on, when you're done with your, um, your entire account of, of how you became disenchanted with the right stuff and ultimately found Christian identity anyway, I'm going to be referring to a podcast which aired on the right stuff in January of 2017. We're going to refer to it quite often this evening, titled The Fashy Struggle Session, which was made after Mike Enoch was doxxed, and, and it was discovered that he was married to a Jew, but evidently he was also afraid that people found out that he himself was a Jew. So he was apologizing for himself throughout the whole podcast, and not merely for his wife, but for himself personally. So that certainly leads me to believe that, yes, he is a Jew. And, and I'm convinced of that from his own apologies for himself and, and many of the things that he said about himself. But and anyway, why I'm bringing this up now is because... Um, during that podcast, Musonius Rufus and Mike Enoch spoke about the forum for, for um, quite a few minutes in, in the end of the first hour. And Musonius admitted that a lot of TRS forum members believed that Enoch's inner circle actually looked down on them. And, and Enoch admitted that he was detached from the forum. And then Musonius went on to say that the forum was ultimately shut down because of a quote-unquote resistance movement to the <laughs> leadership at TRS. And, and he admitted that right about 50 minutes of the Fasci struggle session. So I just thought I'd throw that in because it verifies what you're saying about the forum. Yeah, they actually had their own derogatory nickname for people who were members of the forum. Uh, the higher-ups and their personal group of Facebook friends called us forum critters. So we were critters to them, is, is their nickname for us. So they would say things like, the critters are getting rowdy, or the critters didn't like that. So, yeah, that's, that's very true. And I'm actually glad that there's independent verification of that, because I know that's one of the things that some people might just hand wave away and say, oh, you're exaggerating. They didn't really feel that way. They did, though. They, they even had their own homemade insult for us. So Well, well right. I mean, Musonius admitted that a lot of the forum members thought that. <laughs> and, and that's pretty much corroboration. Yeah. 
And I know, I know it may be, since I'm not quite done doing the introduction yet, it's fine. But if there's, if you write a, if you write a good essay, right? If you, if you put together a thesis, generally speaking, the correct way to do it is in your opening sentence, you make a statement that the rest of it is going to try and prove, right? Definitely, I think the statement for today's, for today's podcast, for this podcast is Mike Enoch is a Jew and so is his wife and we can prove it. And, and that's definitely going to be the direction that the conversation will be taking because there's a lot of, there's a lot of gossipy things that could be talked about. There's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of people who didn't like each other. There was a lot of backbiting. This isn't news, right? To anyone who's been a part of white nationalism or anyone who's been a part of the dissident rights. I mean, from my understanding as a young man, this has been going on for decades. There, there have been fights between, you know, the, the Northwestern fronts, right. And the people involved in that people disagreeing with each other with Harold Covington fighting back and forth, sniping. There's been, there's been, you know, William Pierce and his cosmotheism and people who attack him and he attacks people back because he thinks Jesus is a Jew and Christians are all, you know, wrong. So th this isn't anything new, right? The same backbiting that's been going on, the same struggles and internal power struggles that have been happening for the last 80 years or so were also happening inside TRS. There's a lot of gossip that could be covered, but I really, I really want to stress that the thesis for today is Mike Enoch is a Jew and so is his wife. Well, well I'm convinced. It, it would be hard to unconvince me. Uh, I, I mean, Enoch... Just to listen to him for, for any length of time, he, he commonly uses Jewish words like kvetch and shoah and, and other words, which he uses them like he grew up with them, like he's been using them all his life. He uses them naturally. He chose the biblical name Enoch as a pseudonym when he started doing the right stuff, even though he does not profess to be a Christian, he, so why did he choose this, this Jewish, I mean, most people would interpret Old Testament names as being Jewish. He purposely chose a, a, a name that could be perceived as being a, a Jewish name as his pseudonym. He, he understands European Jewish history and, and aspects of language in a way that seems to me to be more intimate than someone who merely read some anti-Semitic anti-Semitic or, or right-wing materials. In, yeah, in, um, and, as an example, sorry, in, in, at 21 minutes in the fascist struggle session, as an example, Enoch explained that the name Khan, referring to the communist tyrant Bela Khan, is a form of the Jewish name entitled Cohen. And then at around 40 minutes of the fascist struggle session, he displayed the understanding that the name Moses to Jews today is the same as the name Moisha. And, and the average Christian wouldn't know that. And, and I never read that in any anti-Semitic literature. I, I mean, for real, he knows these things about the Jewish language that, that, and, and uses terms from Yiddish that, that only a Jew would do. And, and that's it's, my, it's... I'm interrupting your introduction, but I, I just had to bring that out. No, it, it deserves to be brought out, and it's it's much to my shame and the shame of everyone else who spent any amount of time on TRS that because a lot of his a lot of his friends and a lot of the people in the higher ups also imitated his way of speech and his way of talking, 
a lot of us also started adopting those words. And I've been trying to wean myself off of it. I, I and a number of other people do still use terms like kvetch when someone is getting whiny or, or things. Or we, we use these words that, that, quite frankly, white men don't really use all that often. And I suppose if we'd been more perceptive, we would have realized that it's, it's not him being comedic or ironic. It was something natural to him. And some of us ended up adopting it. And I, I've been trying to, trying to quit it, right? I've been trying to, to talk a bit more naturally, to, to stop using these words when, when talking about political things. But it, 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 is, it is very much something that came naturally to him. You're not wrong in pointing that out. And I suppose that was warning flag number one. But everyone thought it was a joke, right? Everyone thought that that was part of the joke, that that was the tongue-in-cheek irony, poking, tweaking the nose of the Jewish establishment, that he would name himself Enoch, and he would talk about fashy goys kvetching on, on Twitter, right? It was all supposed to be one big joke. But as, it, as we will find out, it is not, in fact, a joke, unfortunately. Well, well, Enoch grew up in Maplewood, New Jersey, which is in the rich suburbs, the, the wealthier suburbs in Essex County, New Jersey. And, and I believe it's north of Newark. I grew up in Jersey City. And, and I would bet that growing up in Jersey City and, and spending a, a, a significant period of time in lower Manhattan throughout my childhood, that I was exposed to a lot more Jews than Mike Enoch was exposed to growing up, unless Enoch was a Jew. And I don't use words like kvetch and puts and schlep and schmuck and, and, and all of these shoah and all of these other Jewish words. I've never used them. Maybe um, there were two or three times in my adult life I've used the word schmuck just as a joke to refer to someone. But no, I don't use those words in, in my conversation or, or in my podcast. So, so Enoch uses these words commonly and, and naturally. And, and I had, I'm, I'm older than he is, I'm sure, and, and I've had much more exposure to Jews, I would bet, than anybody, any Christian growing up in Maplewood, New Jersey, unless Enoch is a Jew. And, and that's all I could say. I, I mean, when you've been there and lived there and, and were raised there, you could usually identify them. And, and I would identify Enoch as a Jew just from his vocabulary, his appearance, and, and his actions. So that, that's my opinion. It, it's, there are so many red flags to me. But then again, I've had a lot more experience with Jews being raised where I was. All the merchants yeah. were Jews, shop owners were Jews, teachers were, some of the teachers were Jews, even in Catholic school. Uh, I mean, we ran into Jews constantly. My father was a um, house painter and an independent contractor. Half his customers were Jews. Right. So and, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being a distraction, I know. So I'll let you continue. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, you're a fun distraction, though, Bill. Don't, don't apologize for it. But... um. And we're, we're actually going to gloss over an event because we're, we're mostly here to talk about this event happening. But in essence, I, I was on TRS for a, for a period of time, for a, a few years. And there was a, a, a situation that arose in which his wife, whose name is, and this is a very Jewish name. I'm going to mispronounce this. I apologize. 
well, maybe I shouldn't. It's Ames, A-M-E-S. I'm not Ames. Ames Friedman is the name of his wife. And she got doxxed. And it turns out, uh, we'll, we'll go into more detail about what, what exactly the doxing entailed and what came out about her. But because Enoch and his friends held themselves apart from the forum, they didn't know exactly what had happened. And if they had been more involved, maybe they would have. But I mean, that's, that's the irony of a, of a Jew selling rope to the mob that hangs him with the rope, right? He came they out, and th this, is, this is part of the fasci struggle session you're mentioning. It's a very important piece of evidence for this because he came out believing that he himself had been doxxed, not her. He didn't realize it was his wife that everyone was talking about. And he essentially admits on this podcast, yes, I'm a Jew, I'm sorry, but I think I've done enough for the movement that I should be an exception to the rule. And the forum was essentially melting down at this point because there were all of these different groups. Some of them liked Mike. Some of them thought Mike was, you know, an asshole. Some of them, there were their own personal grudges, people who didn't like each other. And it, it was it was like something from a from a from a movie, right? Where that record scratch happens and the bar fight grinds to a halt. And this and then someone just quietly asks, No one said anything about you being a Jew, Mike. And and that that was perhaps the moment he realized he had made a terrible mistake. But it was too late, right? You you let you let the canary out of the out of the cage, it doesn't fly back in. So this caused a schism in the forum. This split the forum in half, this this being revealed, this coming out. And around half of the forum was either banned or left. I was banned because I wouldn't stop shutting up about it. Essentially, the people, and I, I feel this is worth pointing out, many of the moderators of the forum didn't know this. This is one of the only times. I've seen some drama on the internet. I've seen forums get into huge flame wars and people fighting. I've never seen moderators turn against moderators, though, to describe how bad it got. There were moderators going around locking threads and deleting people's posts to damage control, and there were a few other moderators coming in back behind them, unlocking everything and rolling back deletions, saying, no, 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 you're not going to hide this. We're not going to let you. And in the end, around two-thirds of the moderatorship were purged, and half the forum was, was banned. I was one of the people who was banned. So that was the end of my involvement with the right stuff, not bits. And that and must be the, I'm sorry, that must be the resistance movement that Musonius Rufus described. Oh, I'm the, sure it is. In the forum, with, in the fashy struggle session. I'm sorry, that's funny. <laughs> no, it, it, is, it is funny seeing how these people try and sort of you know, paint over what happened with their own little their own little interpretations. But it, it was it was the the biggest fight on an internet forum I've ever seen in my life. I have never before seen moderators brawling with other moderators. I had never seen that before. Well, we've had microcosms because the Christianity Forum is a lot smaller, right? I'm sure. I think we have about 80 active members right now, and that's that's actually high. His, compared to what it was three and four years ago. But, but we have had moderators fight with moderators at, on, on occasion when, when a major issue came up and somebody was trying to push a major issue. But in, in this case, in the case of the right stuff, that there, 
there are white nationalists who care about the white part. Musonius Rufus. Musonius Rufus is not one of them. He doesn't care. And and I heard him say it myself on on a Rebel Showa podcast back a few years ago that he doesn't care if somebody's part Jew. And I've heard him say that. He really don't care. Yeah, Musonius and myself, we were both members of the Dixie Kratz. And uh, we're both pretty good writers. I, I will give him credit. He's a pretty decent writer when he tries. Um, and we're both reasonably well-spoken, and we didn't agree on hardly anything. So we fought often, Masonius and myself. He, he didn't come to the forums often. He was busy doing his own things, but whenever he did, he usually said something stupid, and then I got into a fight with him about it. That's, that's generally how that would go. Here's and Masonius Rufus isn't, isn't a white nationalist. Like no. Even by the most barest senses of the term, he, he supports political Zionism. He thinks Jews have a right to be in other people's countries even, which is even beyond Zionism. He's supporting Jewish diaspora at that point. He, he's, he, he condemns overt racialism, right? He says that, that, that white Southern men don't have the right to deport Negroes or to give them their own country back in Africa and send them all away, which is absurd. And he he doesn't he doesn't come out against sodomy either. He doesn't come out against sodomites. He doesn't he doesn't condemn homosexuality, and he claims to be a white nationalist Southern Christian. And my question to him has always been, why? What about you is a white nationalist Southern Christian? And there were there were a lot of fights on the forum. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that. <clears throat> well, there I heard that. I heard that from Eusenius Rufus himself today. He called himself a Christian, and he called himself a white nationalist, and he called himself a southern nationalist. And, and he, he, to me, he comes off as, as a sort of Judeo-Christian libertarian sivnat. That's, that is that, essentially what it is. That's the impression I get from him. And, and he did today, and yet, you know, I listened to, to the entire fasci struggle session, and about a quarter of another three and a half hour podcast in to prepare for this evening's presentation and discussion with you. And and I heard Musonius Rufus himself admit having sodomites on his Facebook and social media friends lists. Now he doesn't call them sodomites, but I will. Um, and, and and to me, it's unthinkable for a Southern nationalist Christian to have sodomites on his friends list. Well, I mean, Greg Johnson, who is a man that will be discussed probably in a follow-up podcast if we decide to do it. And I hope we do because there's a lot of dirt on the homosexual activity and the sodomy and the child and actual child sex grooming that has taken place on the alt-right that these people have tried to cover up and sweep under the rug. I, I really hope we get to talk about that, but Greg Johnson's a part of that, and Greg Johnson has stated for the record, and I, I feel this is, if, if you wanted a one-sentence summary as someone who is, who is a, a follower of Bill's, who listens to Bill and his, his Bible studies and the things that he tries to do, if you want Greg Johnson summed up in one sentence, um, he has claimed that anyone who uses the word sodomite, and this is a quote, this is, it's not an exact quote because I don't have it in front of me, but he... He approximately quotes saying, anyone who uses the word sodomite, you sound like a Southern Baptist snake handler, <laughs> right? 
and like you're like you're out here, you know, having some kind of fever fit trying to talk to snakes to prove that you have a relationship with Jesus. You're ridiculous and no one likes you, no one supports you, and you should just shut up. Right? Musonius Rufus has agreed with Greg with Greg Johnson's statement. He's he also says you shouldn't use the word sodomite. That that is that is Musonius's position on that. So well, well as far as I'm concerned, win. you cannot be a sodomite, and I will use that term. You cannot be a sodomite or and at the same time be a nationalist. What the hell does a dead branch care about the rest of the tree? A dead branch that produces no fruit, it is actually showing hatred for the rest of the tree. And and they might give nationalism all the lip service they want. They cannot be nationalists. And and they definitely can't be Christians. So so Musonius Rufus is just jacking us off by calling himself a Christian. He's mocking us. Yeah, and, and it I think it can be proven. I, I know we are getting a little off into the weeds. I'll I'll finish my introduction in a moment, and then we can get into the meat of this. But I, I think it's important to note that when you argue with these people about this, especially Musonius and other people like him, they'll they'll mistakenly assume that the reason people like us, and there's a lot of reasons we don't like sodomites, there's a lot of reasons we don't support fags, not the least of which being there's never been a society of sodomites in existence that doesn't have catamites. Sodomy and pedophilia go hand in hand. But even putting all that aside, these people will make the argument, oh, well, Greg Johnson swears he's chaste. Why, why? And he's, he's celibate. He's, he's, he says he's attracted to men, but he's not actually having sex with them. Why do you have a problem with this? And if he's actually not, then what's, what's the problem? Well, you're missing the point, right? Yes, the act of sodomy is a, is a sin. It's a crime in the Old Testament. One, one of the crimes punishable with death. It's something considered largely unforgivable. But putting that aside, you're entirely correct, Bill. What, what does a fruit with no seed care about the welfare of the tree? Right? If, if, if a branch grows no fruit, if it's a dead branch, if it's a fruit with no seed, it can't create new life. Why does it care about the future of the tree or the, or the, or the grove that the tree is in? It doesn't. Right? And, and the objective of every sodomite is to corrupt other branches and usually young twigs on the yeah, same that's tree. that's how they reproduce. They aren't reproducing by having sex. They're not reproducing in a, in a biblical manner, that's for sure. Well, well, it, it is Greg Johnson's um, sodomy and defense of sodomy is an important issue to the Christian right, to the true Christian right, in my opinion. We should all shun Greg Johnson and, and not even go to his website or not listen to anything he has to say. It's all invalid because the man is an abject sinner and he's unrepentant and he's never going to repent. He's actually written essays defending why the Christian right or the alt-right or the white nationalist right, whatever you want to call it, must accept sodomites. Yes. Apparently we need them desperately and our, our movement and any attempts we ever make to do anything will fall apart if we don't have, if we don't have sodomites and pedophiles and fags. That is, that is a stance he's defended. And I think when we do do the, the next podcast and talk about Greg Johnson, we will, we're going to put a pin on that. We're going to go more in depth into this because there's, there's a lot to be, to be pulled apart here. Well, Greg but Johnson, just, as well as David Duke, as well as Richard Spencer, all came out immediately in support of Mike Enoch when it was discovered yes. 
that his wife was a Jew and, and ignored the evidence that Enoch has had repeatedly admitted that he himself was a Jew. Yes, and they, they still they still ignore it to this day. But just just to just to wrap this up a little bit, just to try and put this on fast forward. After the after the self-destruction of the forum on TRS and this this really big schism. By the way, it's worth mentioning for the record, just as an aside, that after this schism happened, there was a concerted effort from Weave and Anglin to try and recruit as many people from TRS as possible to the Daily Stormer, which I, to my great shame, I did make an account there, but I never posted. And I, I want to say for the record to anyone who's listening to this, never make an account with Daily Stormer. We'll be going over this later. I, I don't want to get off on another rabbit trail, but Weave is working for the federal government. We can prove that too, by the way. That is provable. And I'm certain I'm on several lists just because I, I made a web, I made an account with with uh, with the Daily Stormer. But after after TRS exploded and fell apart, and I, it seems as though Mike Enoch has, in the intervening years, put it back together again. Um, I uh, there was a splinter group that created another website. One of the insults that TRS users, the people who were loyal to Mike, would often use is, oh, you're purity spiraling, right? You're, you're going in a downward spiral of purity, right? To try and, to try and, it's, it's, there's nothing good can come from purity spiraling, right? You're just getting in this circular argument about who's more pure. You know, oh, we can't have this person because he's a fag. We can't have this person because he's married to a Jew. You're just being purity spiralers. So the schisms website that we made, we called the purity spiral, and we put a swastika on it and called, said, this is our purity spiral. That's the purity spiral right there is the swastika, <laughs> which I admit was pretty clever. And I was one of the founding members of that forum, and I was also a moderator. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just cut this short. I had a lot of faith. I really did. I know this this may sound a little bit strange going out on a limb here. I had a lot of faith in the purity spiral. I thought we were finally going to be able to to have real conversations about stuff, have camaraderie, fellowship, right? Because all of the people who who were loyal to to Mike Enoch, all these people who didn't really believe in in the truth were gone. I was mistaken. And in the end, I was actually I was made a moderator with the understanding that I would use my powers as a hatchet man. Anyone who was not ideologically in line with national socialism, I was given permission to ban. And I, I could talk to them and speak to them about national socialism and what they thought and what their positions were. And I was given the authority to singularly decide to ban people if I wanted to. And never once was I allowed to exercise that. I never actually banned anyone, although I did try to ban two. Because every time someone came along who was just very, very much not the kind of person we would want, excuses always arose as to why they should be allowed in. And I'll, I'll give you an example of one person that I tried to ban. I banned him, and then another moderator unbanned him, and there was a huge fight about it. There was a guy called uh, Mr. Bond which some people may have heard of him. I'd imagine most of you haven't. That's fine. Julian Bond. He is a, he's a white nationalist, atheist rapper. He makes rap music. Yeah, I know. And I, I don't like him, but I know him. I, I don't know and, him. I know of him. I'm sorry. Yes. No, that's fine. 
And I tried to ban it because he would come on and he was one, he's one of those people who believes the table talks. He believes Goebbels' diary. He thinks that uh, the, all of the things with, with, to do with, uh, with the National Socialists, that it was all a lie, right? It was all just one big deception. He's one of those guys. They're just pulling the wool over the German people so they can destroy Christianity later. They never really were Christians. And I ended up having this one final argument with him where I just went down the list of all the things that Hitler wrote about in Mein Kampf that he supported, right? The things that Hitler wanted to do to help Germans. I said, do you support this? Do you believe in this? And he said, no, I don't believe in that. That's a lie, right? That's not true. I don't believe in that either. I don't believe in that. And I said, so you don't really believe in anything in Mein Kampf? And he says, no. And I said, so you're not really a national socialist? And, he's, and he essentially said, no, I'm not. And I banned him. And he was unbanned. And this happened a few more times. By the way, it should be it should be mentioned, all of the moderators, including me, claimed to be Christian nationalists. But I was the only one who was actually intolerant of people who went around trashing Christianity like Bond did. And they let these people stay. And in the end, I was actually demodded. They took my moderation power away because they... The funny thing is, there wasn't even a fight about it. I, it happened one time, like, over a weekend. There hadn't been a recent argument or anything. They just quietly demodded me, like, in a, in a quiet spell. And I, I, wanted, I asked them for an explanation, why did you do that? And I never got one. So I left. I walked away from the purity spiral because I eventually realized that they're making all the same mistakes that TRS is, right? They're, they're... In retrospect, I know what the problem was. They were also secularists, just like TRS. They're a bunch of libertarians. They're a bunch of anarcho-capitalists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the Bible. They may claim to be Christian, but they're really not, right? And it was it was something that really really tore at me at the time because I thought that everyone had learned this lesson already, right? How could these people sit here and make the same mistakes again Politics. after being burned by Mike? Politics right? and and a will to be popular. Yeah, essentially. And that, that was the argument movement. for why, why we had to keep Bond is, oh, well, yeah, he's not really ideologically with us. And yeah, he spends all of his time attacking Christianity and calling Jesus a kike on a stick. Yes, that's true. But he makes rap videos that people think are funny and he posts them on YouTube and it gets a lot of views. So we can't get rid of him. And that's essentially the reason why. So I left the purity spiral voluntarily. I was never banned from there. I assume my account is still there. I have no intention of ever going back. And I fell in with Sven Longshanks because Sven Longshanks was also a member of the Purity Spiral. And he and I became acquaintances. Uh, I won't lie and say that we were friends because we weren't. To be honest, I thought he was weird. I, I didn't really understand anything about Christian identity at the time. I thought it was kind of strange. It was weird. I had seen some stuff about British Israel. I had thought that's what he was. I thought it was he was kind of a weirdo. But he was an honest weirdo. Right? He was a guy who, who I knew would speak his mind, and I knew he believed in the truth. So I liked him for that reason. And he left before I did because he said, this whole thing's falling apart. You guys don't really believe in Christianity. You don't really have the spirit with you. You're not going to be able to accomplish anything. I'm going to leave because it's a waste of time. And he left. And I left a while after he did, a, a couple of months. And, of course, Sven Longshanks has his own website. He has uh, Radio Aryan which I believe he has since renamed to Radio Albion Yes. For, for the purposes of helping to protect some people who post, who publish their, their work on that website. One of them is Dr. R Matthew Raphael Johnson, but a few other people on that website as well. I, don't, I know some people have criticized Sven for that. I don't. 
because he is British, he does live in the United Kingdom. And as, as much as we, we may not like the American federal government, we do still have some freedoms here. If Sven or, uh, or Dennis Wise ever get caught, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna have a very bad time of it. So I don't hold it against him that he changed the name from Radio Aryan to Radio Albion. But I went, I went there, and it was from hanging out with Sven and his friends that I eventually came to have a better understanding of what it was he believed in. And I actually learned about Christogenia from Sven Longshanks, which is where I eventually was bored one day. I had read, I'd listened to all the podcasts and I wanted to listen to something else because I was doing something meaningless and drudgy. And I came to your website, Bill, and I started listening to some of your Bible studies. And that's where, that's why I'm here now. So that's how I got here. <laughs> Been a very I was going to say road. all the podcasts. I know you didn't listen to all my podcasts. <laughs> no, st still working on that one. Haven't. <laughs> I certainly haven't made my way. I have hardly made even a scratch. But um, I, I am appreciative of all the work you've done, Bill. You have a massive backlog of information. Uh, God bless you. I mean that sincerely. Um, you've, you've done a tremendous amount of work, and if if nothing else, you deserve praise for that. That is, it, it is, it is a true ministry. You, you've created a ministry here, and you should be proud of it. And I, I thank you for making, because you've certainly made me see things I probably would have never seen in my lifetime if I hadn't, if I hadn't listened to the things you have to say. So thank you, Bill. Cool. I appreciate the encouragement. I just hope that that we can define national socialism properly. I, I mean, that's my objective on the Mein Kampf project. I, I, that's a project that, like several of my projects, I've had to um, neglect the last three or four years because I just haven't. I'm, maybe I'm just getting old, or, or I just don't have the time. But, but right, it, it's. I would like to define national socialism the way it should be defined, the way that Adolf Hitler really did believe it, and and make that bulletproof and and. Then you have your Mr. Bond, who doesn't really care about Mein Kampf or Hitler's speeches. He just liked what he read in Table Talk. If you follow Table Talk, you're really following a Jew. You're not following yes. Hitler at all. The, the Table Talks are so, and I know you've, you've written about this before, so I'm preaching to the choir, but the Table Talks are so obviously fabricated that modern mainstream academics are now coming out against it and saying, we can't actually use this as evidence for anything. It's very clear that there's no supporting evidence for anything said here, and it's just a fabrication of British intelligence services. It's, it's MI6 propaganda. Even mainstream academics are admitting it now. People whose, whose livelihoods depend on them, if you'll excuse my French, kissing Jew ass. They come out against against table talks now, and yet people on the far right, the dissident right, who claim to be not trusting Jews, we don't listen to Jews, we hate Jews, but they know everything they everything they know and preach is learned from from Jews, from the feet of Jews. So, it 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 is it is very much a situation of hypocrisy and irony, and and that but, shows that they have no trust in virtue, but because I believe that Adolf Hitler was a virtuous man. And even though he wasn't perfect, he was only a man, he was a man of virtue, and there have been many of them throughout history, men who say what they mean and mean what they say, who are not going to put up a facade of a different personality and hide behind a mask, and that's what Mike Enoch does. 
it is what Mike Enoch does. And in fact, I think that's a great, a great <laughs> segue into this. Let's, uh, let's discuss that actually, because that's, that's my introduction. That's how I got here. Let's talk about that event that caused forum moderators to get into a bar fight in front of all the forum members. Let's talk about what has been affectionately, I, I, I do look back with some disdain on this period of time, but I will give credit where credit is due. Some of the names we came up with were pretty funny. This, this event was called the Yidwife Crisis, which I think is a pretty funny fun. That I'll, is I'll funny. Give that I'll, is give, I'll give credit to whoever thought of that. You, you did a good job, whoever you are. <laughs> the Yidwife Crisis. So this is actually a little bit difficult to piece together because so much happened so quickly. I've, I've gone back and gone through archives and I've gone through stuff. I've read through forum posts. I've, Lord help me, I've listened to probably twice as much of these podcasts as you have in preparation for this. I didn't enjoy any of it. Most of these people love to hear themselves talk, especially Johnny Monoxide. They ramble, they go on. But I've essentially, I, I've managed to put together what I think is a pretty accurate timeline. I may get some things wrong. I apologize if I do. Okay, but this is the truth to the best of my knowledge. Okay, and by the way, I before we get too deep into this, I'd like to give out some thanks because some of these, some of the information that we're going to talk about, both in in regards to uh, the right stuff biz, and later on in probably a different podcast when we discuss Greg Johnson and the the child sex grooming that's taken place on the alt right. A lot of that information we only have because certain individuals risked their reputations and threw their accounts away and, and got into fights with these people and spread this information as far and wide as they could. Some of these people will be familiar to your listeners. Uh, some of these names will sound very familiar to you. Some of these people you won't know about at all. I do not condone I'm not endorsing any of the things these people do. I have issues with some of these people myself, and I know you do too, Bill. One name in particular I know you'll have some issues with. But nonetheless, credit where credit is due. Uh, without these people, we would not have the a lot of the information we're talking about right now. Uh, I'd like to thank Osmandius. I'd like to thank Mushroom. I'd like to thank Florian Geyer. I'd like to thank Common Filth. I'd like to thank Sven Longshanks, and I'd like to thank Morpheus as well as at least three anonymous forum moderators who helped to leak most of this to the forums uh, at the cost of their positions. And I believe they were all also doxxed on Facebook because of this. But even though a lot of these, a lot of those forum moderators are probably not Christian identitarians, they still risked and endured being doxxed to get this information out. So I would like to thank those people and the many more people I know who were involved to spread this far and wide, even though we don't necessarily agree. I say we, even though I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the things you believe in. And I know Bill doesn't agree with some of the things Florian Geyer has said. I know there's issues with all these things. Nonetheless, thank you. No, that's so, fine. I mean, credit where credit is due. That's fine. Florian needs to be a man in other areas, but that's, <laughs> that's the only jab I'll take. Got to, got to get that jab in. But nonetheless, to, to all of you who I mentioned and to the many people I know whose name, I, I can't find all your names. I'm sorry. Thank you sincerely for what you did. I know some people got doxxed over this. Thank you. So what happened is a person got added to the Facebook group by mistake. There's a private Facebook group that the higher ups have. 
Um, there's actually several private Facebook groups. This is going to be a recurring theme. There's a private Facebook group Greg Johnson has where all of the homosexuals on the alt-right who claim that they are celibate, they trade dick pics with each other. So that's a lie. They're not celibate. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll reserve talking about that for later. That's, that's probably next episode. This episode, we're talking about the higher-ups. They have their own private little Facebook group where they all share information back and forth. Somebody got added to this group by mistake who shouldn't have. Uh, one of the forum moderators who was a moderator but wasn't a friend of the higher-ups accidentally got added to the group. And if you, I, I'm sorry, Bill, what? I didn't say anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I, or, That's okay. I heard you say something. No, sir. They got, they got added to the group by mistake. And they saw – so here's, here's what we found out from this. His wife is a Jew, okay? We know what her name is. She was doxxed because of this. I, I've mentioned it before. Her name is Amis? Amis? I don't know how to pronounce that. Friedman. It's A-M-E-S. I apologize. I'm not big on Jewish names. Her name is Ace Friedman. And she has an account on YouTube and on a number of other uh, – on, on MySpace and on a number of other locations on the internet called – Tix girl, T-I-X-G-I-R-L. And she supports child trannies and and like child, you know, sodomites, you know, propaganda. In fact, she took money that was donated to the site, uh, donated to TRS that was donated by the forum members to help keep it running and spent it on some charities. You would know more about this than I do because you used to live there. Apparently there's some kind of there's some kind of group of people, there's some kind of, of movement in New York City, some kind of like thing that promotes child cross dressing actors. I don't I don't know anything about wow. this. It's <laughs> and she she has a video called Detoxes, This is How We Do It, Christmas Queens 2016 New York, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of Jewish trannies singing Christmas carols that have been and pop songs that have been modified to be talking about Jews and sodomy during a Christmas celebration in New York City. And in the comments of this, because she was outed as being Gert Tick's girl, this cracked me up from start to finish I'm Jewish, and I love not that nothing was too sacred for detox in this performance. Jew approved, hilarious. Loved the dancers. Detox performing This Is How We Jew It from the first Christmas Queens album, live at PlayStation Theater, New York City, 12-11-16. And we have the archive of that to prove it. So she was outed as being a Jew. And because she was she was doxxed by her name, we also found out that she's a graduate of Benai Brith. She's a Benai Brith member. And like the 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 five second elevator pitch for Benai Brith, I'm sure I'm sure uh, Bill might want to chime in here when I'm finished talking about this. But the five second elevator pitches, they're essentially uh, oh, what are those people called? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Bill, they're the uh, Jesuits. That's right. They're essentially Jewish Jesuits. They're they're Orthodox Jews who who promote communism and they 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 train people to be political activists. What do you know about Benai Brith? But Benai Brith is, is um right. They are virulent activists in support and and in the promotion of the objectives of Jewry. 
And even the ADL was originally the ADL of B'nai B'rith. It still is. It, it's, it's the public relations wing of B'nai B'rith. That, that's the ADL. I mean, it's wholly part of that organization. And, and I, I've heard that it's, it, it operates more along the lines of a sort of Masonic Lodge, that it might even be a, the, the Jewish branch of Freemasonry. I wouldn't doubt that, but I'm not 100% sure of it. it. It's been a long time since I've really um, focused on B'nai B'rith, but they are and always have been one of the, um, the, among the most active Jewish groups promoting Jewish interests and, and forcing those interests onto Christian society. And, and that's what the ADL is all about, really. This name, Ames, that she has is really interesting. It, it's pronounced Ames, and it's French. And I just looked it up. Thank you. And on babynames.com, which seems to be authoritative, right? I, I mean, it, it says the name Ames means friend, which it's related to the word ami. Ames is a name that's been used by parents who are considering unisex or non-gendered baby names. Baby names that could be used for any gender. So, so why would a Jew name his daughter Ames? <laughs> and, and that could be a sub-story in itself, right? So, well, yeah. why would a Christian marry somebody like this? No, Mike Enoch's no Christian. He's never been a Christian. No, he hasn't been. He claims to be an agnostic libertarian who is culturally Christian, but I think we're probably, by the end of this, we'll have torn that to shreds. Um, so, obviously, I, I just mentioned the information regarding the Tix Girl account, which I don't know if that YouTube video is still up, but there's plenty more, because she has a Flickr account, and on her personal website, she states, what could possibly bring Tix Girl back to life after all these years? Social media and appetite out there for my vintage concert photos and drag queens. Yes, drag queens, RuPaul's Drag Race drag queens. I am a fangirl of many queens and everything RPDR, but my heart truly belongs to Adore Delano or Danny Norega when he looks like a boy. She also promotes drag tutorials and she has donated money and been an activist for Antifa as well as they've recently become like more vocal but i assume these organizations have existed for a long time these these groups that essentially promote child homosexuality uh, she's she's donated money to and been an advocate for these this was back in 2016 she's been doing this for years uh, she was a chapter president of benai brith youth organization in high school uh, that's on her linkedin and in addition to all of that she works at a company called Gympact that is located in New York City. I don't know anything about it. Some people really looked into Gympact and took it apart to try and figure out what the hell they do. Some kind of consulting company. I don't know anything about that. I'll admit that straight up. However, her job description was a diversity officer. She was a diversity officer. In addition to everything else. You can't make this stuff up, right? I, I no, mean, you can't. What does how how is a creature like this married to a supposed white nationalist leader 
who who is alt right, white nationalist. He he esteemed himself as a leader. During the fascist struggle session, he he had made admissions that he can't be a leader now, but now he's leading a political party once again. He sees himself as a leader, and and you're married. How about Adolf Hitler if we found out that he was married to Bella Abzug? <laughs> How would that exactly. fly? And, and I, I feel the need to point out, and I, I know we'll get into this more a little bit later. Everyone on the higher-ups knew about this because part of the doxing and the, the guy who got added who wasn't meant to be, he took a lot of screenshots and dumped them, and he took a lot of archives of chats and things that had, uh, had it, that were posted in the private Facebook chat. One of the people who was in that private Facebook chat, I don't know what his screen name is because people largely use their real names on, on Facebook, which is, I imagine, why the group's private. Someone in Mike's timeline said, imagine coming home and your wife is Anne Frank. No wonder he made TRS. They knew. They all knew, all of them. They can't claim ignorance of this. They cannot. And it, go ahead, I'm sorry. If my wife wasn't an identity Christian, I, I couldn't see myself as even being legitimate, being an, an, an identity Christian teacher or pastor. I couldn't have a wife that was not an identity Christian. You have to live what you claim to be. And, and that's that facade that, that Mike Enoch put up. It's a facade. He's not a true white nationalist. Yeah. And we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that more in a little bit because we have, we have some proof. In fact, I think we'll talk about that now, actually. That's a, that's a great transition into this. One of the, one of the arguments that I've seen made, because I've been, since, since Mike has announced the, uh, this, this political party of his, since he's made this announcement, um, I, have, I have seen people advertising and pushing for this on a lot of different places on 4chan i've seen it pushed in other on on blogs and on other places i've argued with people i've i've fought back and, and demanded answers from these people saying how the hell can you follow these people look at what they did and one of the one of the one of the arguments that i keep that i keep hearing and this is an old argument this is from back when the yidwife crisis happened is they'll deny that mike is a jew and essentially, they'll they'll spin this story that Mike is a white guy, and he married a Jewess, and yeah, she was obviously Jewish, but he was he wasn't awake at the time. He was blue pill. He hadn't woken up yet. He was still just a normal guy. And then he became you know more red pilled over time. He became more aware, and now he's sort of trapped in this loveless marriage with a Jewess, and he's he's kind of really a victim here and all this. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to just say one thing about that before we get too deep into Oy this. Oy That's all Oy I can vey. say about it. Oy vey. I'm a victim, Goy. <laughs> I, I want. I want to say for the record, there is no possibility that Mike Enoch uh, and his wife, that the two of them, lived in the same house, the same apartment, or whatever it is in New York, and didn't know what the each other were doing. And the reason is there's two pieces of evidence for this. One of them is in a lot of his podcasts, you can hear her in the background. She's within listening distance of everything he is saying. And though a lot of those podcasts were recorded on conference calls, so she could hear what everyone else was saying too. And she would sometimes be in the background and chime in and say something. 
So one, she was present for a lot of these podcasts, even if she didn't directly participate. And two, the second piece of proof, which is a lot more specific, there was a, I believe, it, did I say it was in 2015? I think I mentioned, I brought this up. In 2015, there was a Christmas special that TRS did where they got all of the podcasters together on one show and they had a bunch of jokes and it was like, you know, a Christmas party, ha ha ha. Mike got Ames, Amis, he got her onto the show and she sang an anti-Semitic Christmas carol that was essentially six million more gas the Jews, Hitler did nothing wrong. She got on the podcast and recited and, and sang this 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 joke Christmas carol about how Hitler did nothing wrong, six million. There is and I tried to find that. Uh, we, we do have cuts from the other podcast that Bill has mentioned, and we're going to be playing them so you can hear in his own words uh, Mike confessing to being a Jew. I tried to find this podcast, but when the Yidwife crisis happened, Mike and his friends went around nuking a lot of content. I believe that podcast may be lost forever. I have a YouTube link, but it's been taken down for hate speech. Oy vey. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> but she sang an anti-Semitic Christmas carol. There's absolutely no chance that she did not know what he was doing. And in that context, the argument that it was some kind of victim, that he didn't know, that he was trapped in this marriage, and it was a, it was a difficult situation, Goyim, you need to be understanding, it all just falls apart. Because even if Mike wasn't a Jew, and he obviously is, even if he wasn't a Jew, he's clearly... He's clearly open with his wife about what he's doing, and she approves of it. This isn't possible unless one or both of them are, are liars, unless they're, they're scam artists. They have to be. There's no... Who, who would be married to a communist, child-tranny-supporting Jewess and then bring her onto your podcast about fascism and national socialism and have her laughing and singing along, Hitler did nothing wrong. Who the hell? It's unbelievable. There's, there's no way. There's simply no way. What are, what are your thoughts on this, Bill? Well, well I live in a two-bedroom, 1,500-square-foot house. That's what we live in. And my wife sees everything I do. My, my desk and, and my little office are in the middle, of, not in the middle, but in a corner of my living room. And, and she sees everything I do. I, I can't do anything that escapes her notice while I'm working. I, I mean, unless Mike Enoch is super rich, he, he can't live in New York City. He can't live in a place much bigger than mine. I mean, it might be, but I doubt it because I, I know how tight most of those apartments in New York City are. It, it's, um, you have to really live on the Upper East Side and have a... $10 million condo to have any, to have three, 4,000 square feet or maybe more money than that. But, well, anyway, my point is that I work all day at home and, and there's nothing I can do that escapes my wife's notice. But being my wife, 
She follows every post. She follows every podcast. She shares them on Facebook. She, she um, follows my forum sometimes. She, she, there's nothing I do because she's my wife and is interested in what I do. There's nothing I do that really escapes her notice so that she didn't at least have a chance to see. And, and Enoch doing the right stuff, I'm sure he's working at home. I'm sure he's doing podcasts at home. I'm sure his wife's in the kitchen while, while he's in his office or, or in, his, in, in his living room doing his work. That there's no way that you could not know what your wife does or what your husband does for a living, especially doing this sort of work. It, it's not possible. It, it's just a, a, a joke of an excuse that his wife didn't really know what he was doing. That that's, doesn't wash at all. My, my wife, because she's my wife, is interested in everything I do. And I would expect her to be interested even if she wasn't CI. But, of course, she would have to be. And, and I would think that somebody like Mike Enoch, with, the, with this huge following, his travel, his um, circle of friends, how, how could he avoid, how could he keep that from his wife? He couldn't hide it. it it's it's no. just an excuse. It, it You know... A husband and wife are supposed to be one. And, and if he's saying that, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that, and I can't be a leader, and, and he means it's because of his wife, well, well, then she must be intimately involved with him. Or he would leave her for the movement. But in the fashy struggle session, speaking far into the future and his own potential as a leader, he said he couldn't be a leader. And... Even He even made analogies of the day of the final victory of white nationalists that if they didn't want him in the kingdom, he would understand. So was he speaking of the fact that he was married to a Jew? Or maybe he was speaking of the fact that he's a Jew. That's what I, I, I believe. Go ahead. That's what I believe. If yeah. you're in and a I... movement, if you're in something, if you're involved in something like this, and you're involved at a leadership level where you have 100,000 people that are following you. What's more important, the movement or your wife who works for the enemy, for benign breath, and for everything you hate? Why is this happening? This shouldn't even be happening. They should have been divorced long before 2017. Yeah, you, you would have imagined that if this was actually a sincere arrangement, there would have been some kind of meltdown, marital, just self-destruct long before any of this. Right. And I think, I think this is a good time to transition because I think, I think we can well, prove. Real quick before we transition, right? Sure. Mike Enoch is the guy that was pushing white Sharia. Am I wrong? White Sharia, which is, which is a, a very unfortunate meme, it has connections to the men going their own way movement. It has connections to Richard Spencer, because of course it does. It's also a big thing. It was a huge thing on the Daily Stormer. It was real big on, I'm, I'm sure these guys will be familiar to you, the two guys who did The War Room, which was a podcast that was supposed to be geared towards uh, active duty military men and war veterans, people who had gotten out of service. That was done by uh, the Vandal Brothers. I know. I know you've met one of them. And yeah. I know you. You don't have many nice things to say about him either. No. But clown. those. Those are the primary people who spread the white Sharia meme. And yes, 
Mike did support it, and he supported people who supported it, and I know Anglin also supported it, and I know we took this picture of himself wearing a turban on the forums. He took a selfie of himself in a turban and a plastic, like, AK-47 rifle, like, holding up one finger like he's... Like he's like he's some member of of Al Qaeda or something, and it was a huge, it was it was a big thing. So yes, they were involved in that. Well, well, if you're a white nationalist and and you're promoting this white Sharia as a response to feminism, and and you have all of these radio programs that supposedly promote traditional um, Christian values, white Christian values, and and. At the same time, your wife is a rabid feminist who's working for the with B'nai B'rith and with the Antifa and, and to promote transgenderism with children. How do you not? You're, you're living a double life and you're a double-minded man. And there's a serious problem far beyond... Um, simply a, a marital relation. It, it's you have a serious ideological conflict in your own mind to even get yourself into that predicament and be willing to stay in it. Yeah, he's he is explicitly two-faced. And anyone like that, I'm not just speaking of him, anyone who's like that, it, it has to be assumed that at least one of those faces is a lie, if not both of them are right. lies. And, and I, I think that is a great place to, 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 to uh, transition because I think we've proven that, that Friedman is Jewish. She is definitely a Jewess. She's a communist. She's, she supports child trannies and child prostitutes in New York City, and she loves drag queens. And she has – she embezzled – we believe – I can't prove this, but it is implied that she took money. I say embezzled, but that would imply that she took it without his permission. She probably let her take it, probably gave it to her. She took money that was given to Mike or the forum and spent it on some of these charities and donated it to some of these performers. I, I hesitate to even call them that. That gives them more dignity than they deserve. And this is what the Yidwife crisis was about. All of this came out. But I want to stress to make sure these people understand the timeline. And there is there's something funny about all of this, too. At this point, no one had accused Mike of being a Jew. I, I want I want everyone to understand that. I want that to be perfectly clear. Even as obviously Jewy as he was in retrospect, no one, I, no one else, not me, no one had accused him of being Jewish. No one had said, Mike, you're a Jew. We accused his wife of being Jewish. It came out that she was Jewish, and the narrative was, oh, he's he's in this marriage with this person who he married when he wasn't he wasn't racially aware yet. And she's being a communist, and it's terrible, and what on earth do we do? And everyone on the forum was like, he's got to divorce her, right? And that, that was actually a poll. A poll was put up on TRS saying, what should Mike do? And, and I think the, the three options were divorce, stay with her and deal with it, or three, I don't know. And divorce won overwhelmingly. You got to kick her out. You got to get rid of her. Even if, even if she takes you to court and takes you for everything you have, at least you'll be an honest man. Right, was the general consensus. Mike and the, his friends, not just Mike, the other higher-ups, were so disconnected from the forum and all of us critters who were on the forum that they didn't realize what had actually come out. They didn't realize what had been revealed. So 
I, I know you've got some clips, and I'd, I'd like to get into talking about them and playing them, but I wanted to say this to frame some context for them. When this Fashy Struggle session was recorded, Mike was under the impression that he had been outed as being a Jew, and he has admitted it. We actually have screenshots of the forum post he made uh, saying, yeah, basically, I'm Jewish. Sorry, guys, I got to go, right? And he eventually walked it back. Obviously, he didn't leave his own website. He didn't disavow his own movement, although he, there was talk that he would. But at the time, he believed that he had been outed as being Jewish, not just his wife. So I know you've got some clips. I know you've got some recordings. And I'd, I'd really like to as much as possible. I regret not having that Christmas carol. I really do. I wish I could have found them. But I'd like to have Mike hang himself by his own words as much as possible. So let's talk about some of those clips, because I think we've proven that his wife's a Jew. Let's talk about Mike Enoch being a Jew. Well, well right. So, and let me say that I, I played some of these clips, three of these clips, um, in a program I did with Mike Delaney on, I believe it was January 17th of... 2017 or no January 21st 2017 which was only about four days after these revelations were made public and and the fashy struggle session was made where rebel Showa supposedly interviewed Mike Enoch concerning the accusations and and he, he really um, he, he really left Enoch off the hook Many, many times, Rebel Shoah. He didn't do a good job at all of, of um, holding his feet to the fire. He didn't even hold his feet to the fire. He basically held a pillow to his ass as he spouted all sorts of bullshit. I mean, that's what yeah, I see it. And it's especially hypocritical that they did that because one of the primary stock and trades that a lot of the TRS uh, hung its hat on, and especially the, the podcasts, is we may sometimes make gross jokes and we may not all be you know perfect or pure, but we don't shy away from the truth, right? We we stand here and we make fun of CNN when they throw softballs at Hillary Clinton and Fox News when they get on their knees to wipe John McCain's ass, right? And they just do all this stuff where they ignore these giant flaws in the narrative and pitch softball questions for you know an hour and a half, and then they say, oh, we interrogated them and we found nothing wrong. They hung their hats on this. They turned around and did the exact same thing that they mocked all of these news agencies and all of these neoconservatives and liberals for doing it. They did it too. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just have to say it's a particularly hypocritical. Please continue. Well, well I had um, I had done this program with Mike Delaney in January of 2017 and I had three clips that Mike himself had supplied. And I thought all three of them were from the Fashy Struggle session. And today, with your help, I found out that's not true. Only two of them are from the Fashy Struggle session. The other one is from a very old edition of The Daily Show, podcast number 74. Right now, they are like up to like almost 400 podcasts. And I think they do it once a week, the Daily Showa, or is it once a day? So even if it's once a day, it, it's um, number 74 is over a year old. No, this has to be much older than that. So they must, it must be a weekly podcast, the Daily Showa. 
I'm guessing. I believe it is. It, it used to be. Uh, most of the podcasts, the way they had it arranged, um, the, most of the podcasts were <coughs> a weekly podcast that would come out on a day. And they had it staggered, so there was almost always a new podcast every day. And okay. there was also a single podcast that was done. I don't remember the name of it, and I regret it because it was one of the only ones I actually really enjoyed. That was essentially a daily rundown of the news, right? And that one came out every day, but it was short. It was like 15 minutes long, I guess, to make it easier for the person who was making them so they could always make one one a day and upload it. But most of them were weekly and like, oh, that this, the, this show comes out on Monday. That show, we'll get a new episode on Tuesday, right? And so forth and so on. Okay. But when I, um, when I post this podcast Friday evening at Christagenia, I will have links to these clips because they are all at the Christagenia media site. I also have the entire Fashy Struggle session program posted at the Christagenia media site. It's already had over 15,000 downloads. I don't even advertise it. That's 15,000 people that just found it on Google. Yeah, people who Google it and find it and listen to it for themselves. Thank you for rehosting that, by the way, Sven. Yeah, well, Bill. Uh, Not Sven. Sorry. there's a little more background I want to give. When I had these, the, when I did the original program presenting these clips with Mike Delaney, I only had the three clips. And I looked for that fashy struggle session, and I could not find it. And one of my own listeners had told me where it was and sent me a link. So I have to thank him for, for show, pointing me the way so that I could find it and repost it. So I made sure I reposted it because this has to be, I mean, as long as Mike Enoch is trying to be some sort of right-wing white nationalist political leader, I have to expose his Jew ass, and, and that's why it's posted. And it's going to stay there. So here's the yeah, first hey. clip. But this is not from the fascist struggle session. This is from the older um, Daily Show of podcast number 74. It must be, um, I'm guessing this must be five years old at least, this podcast. And it's a short clip. I, I had hoped to locate it, but I'll have a link to the entire podcast. It's three and a half hours this episode. So I, I do hope to locate this clip inside of the longer podcast because I want to supply a longer version of it to get the entire context. But it's clear what he's saying right here as we play this. You know, I use the, the word Jude in that kind of context yeah. basically my whole life. Yeah. And even what? amongst other Jews, I use the word Jew that way. Did you use... And even what? amongst other Jews, I use the word Jew that way. Now, the person that made that clip did the repeat of, of that one sentence. Because there is no way that you could say that unless you are a Jew. Even amongst other Jews, I use the word Jew that way. I'm only going to say that if I'm a Jew. You're not going to say that if you're Irish or, or in his case, Serbian. <laughs> Right. And I've, I've heard people, by the way, because since he's announced, like I said, since he's announced this, this ridiculous political party of his, I've been arguing with people for the last two and a half weeks who are now once again out, out in the bushes shelling for Mike Eno. You know, I've argued with people about this and brought this up and thrown it in their faces. To, to, to a man, the excuse I hear is it's a slip of the tongue. He just made a mistake in saying that. He doesn't, it's not really what he means. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that excuse, Bill? 
That, that can't be, a, how could that be a slip of the tongue? Do you casually say, oh, I eat wontons, even when I'm with other Chinese, I eat wontons. Right. And I, I know there's, a, there's, another one, there's another one that'll have a very similar context that you'll be playing in a moment, where he says, essentially, uh, you know, I, 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 I think for myself that I, I've, done, I've earned that in the context of talking about, uh, about Jews in the movement, saying, can a Jew like, do a, enough good for white nationalism to be allowed in? And he says, in my case, I think I have. Right. And this that's, also is said to be a slip of the tongue. That's no way is that a slip of the tongue. And, and I'm going to play it. <laughs> and I actually took a longer section of the audio, the original audio, than I had used with Mike Delaney in 2017. So, so this is the second clip. And, and this is a longer portion, so, so that the context is unmistakable. So, uh, yeah, like, you know, that, that's basically my stance on that. Um, on, on certain, but, but in terms of who's going to be part of this movement, I, I would say, yeah, like, you know, it's got to be white people and, and really Jews should be excluded. And, and, and if you're going to let in a, a, mixed, a mixed Jewish person, then they really have to have, have done something to earn that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that in my case, I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know, it's almost identitarian. Like, uh, it, like the Southern nationalists get a lot of, uh, you know, support from European nationalists because they like particular nationalism. And there's like several, mm-hmm. like, open questions in the alt right. There's like the, the pan Europeanism and the, right. uh, yeah, right. you know, versus particular I mean, nationalism. I don't know that I'm going to be, I mean, that's a, that's a debate that's been around. Mm-hmm. Since since so before this Christ, time. let's not do that tonight. Yeah, that's been a debate that's been around since before this particular controversy. You know, what I, like so, I, I I don't really know that that's um right. I just brought it up because I'm a particular nationalist, and I don't mind. You know, I support uh, other particular nationalists. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a you know crush the urbanite, you know almost medieval dominionist sort of uh, you know Christian. So so Musonius Rufus, his response was to. Um, offer possibilities of, of alternative interpretations of what nationalism should be in order to leave room for Mike Enoch. That was his response. That's the way I interpret that. I mean, that is, that is how these people work, right? We're just going to shave all the points off of this triangle until Jews and Mexicans, taco goblins, all kinds of mutts, Octoroons, quadroons, mulattoes, everyone everyone can fit in together, right? And that's 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 fundamentally what they're trying to do. And they'll 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 keep shaving away at that pointy corner until they can fit Mike Enoch into that, because of course these people aren't really anti Semitic. They're not really I, I think if you truly understand Christianity, even if you don't understand Christian identity, you would end up not liking the Jews because they murdered Jesus. They're terrible people. They're not they're not good people. And yet these people are constantly trying to, to whittle down the edges and corners and fit them in. And it's just – it's so two-faced. It's so, it's, it's so incredibly deceptive. Well, well, that's the importance of maintaining the, the purity spiral, right? Christian identity is the ultimate purity spiral. And I actually stole that phrase for a podcast I did about four years ago. Well, well maybe three. And anyway – that's the importance of upholding the ideal, 
that we identify sometimes by calling it the one drop rule. Because once you compromise on one drop, it's a slippery slope. Once you once you compromise, it's, it's all. I mean, we we even see this. We even see this in the Bible, right? We see this in uh, a number of places where the where the Israelites co compromised in a small way, and it ended up blowing up in their faces. The Isra the ancient Israelites compromising, our ancestors compromising, is why we have to deal with Jews today. God told our ancestors, kill all of these people. If you don't, there'll be a thorn in your hand for countless generations to come. And we didn't listen. We, we, we thought, oh, we'll, we'll only kill most of them. And some of them we'll take as slaves and servants. Because that's more moral, right? We're more moral than God. We're more upstanding than God. We'll be, let's all calm down and be reasonable. And now, where it's gotten us, right? Absolutely. I agree. It's, it, it's um, being reasonable is maintaining the one drop rule and upholding that as the ideal. And, and in the next clip, um, Mike Enoch speaks about edge cases. So I'm really going to play two clips. And, and this next clip I had played it in 2017. But now, once again, I'm playing a longer portion of it so that people could get a better view of the context and have a better understanding of the context. And because Mike Enoch speaks about edge cases here, I, I will play another clip from later in the fasci struggle session where he actually defined what those edge cases are, what he meant when he used that phrase. So here, he, he speaks here about um, people that are softening their stances on the JQ after he was doxxed, right? Just to make room for me. And he goes on to talk about edge cases. But he's not talking about his wife. He's talking about himself. And he makes a strange example of a guy who is partially Jewish or has a wife who is partially Jewish. And, and if he wasn't talking about himself, why would he even offer those two examples. Why didn't he just mention a wife who was Jewish? But he spoke about a guy who is partially Jewish. So, so the truth is that he was speaking about himself, and the context will show that. So I'm going to play that. And, and let me say that that second clip I played was from the hour and 26-minute mark of the Fasci Struggle session. This one is from um, the hour and 18 minute and 30 second mark, approximately. That's where we're beginning here. And, and it might be, I think this is actually a little over a minute. And here it is. We've had people who've been removed from the forums because they were Jewish or partial Jewish ancestry who had renounced their ancestry in the past. I mean, that's something that's been brought up on the show before. And I mean, that's an obvious conflict. I mean, is that something that can be addressed? Um, you know, I didn't, I actually had never heard that before. Um, I think that in, in these, in, in cases like this, it's really like, you've got to, you got to just, you know, I mean, there's, there's an absolute purist stance, which is like, they're simply not allowed in which case I have to go. Um, and there's the, the stance that could look at this with like, okay, let's look at this as an individual case and see what the actual individual case is. 
Um, and are there people that are advocating for those people to be led back in or something like that? Or are they just saying that we're hypocrites because I'm allowed and those people weren't? Or, or what, what are they saying? Yeah, it's the hypocrisy issue, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I understand. I mean, what can I say? Again, one, I didn't know that this was the case. Two, I, I think that despite me being me, I think I, I, I am an edge case here. Um, and I think that I, I certainly, one thing that has been brought up is that there, that there are people that feel like there are people that are softening their stances or, or are not as committed to the idea that they seem to be committed to a week ago. And it's simply out of loyalty to me. And, and it's possible that that's happened. And I, I don't condone that. I don't condone anybody like saying, you know, like basically softening their position on the JQ just to make room for me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't condone Like, look, this is, a, it's a weird case. Um, uh, I'm here and we did what we did. And in some cases, I think that what I did, what I've done is kind of, it kind of speaks for me. So like, if you had a guy that came and said, Hey, you know, I'm partial Jewish or I have a, I have a, a wife or a girlfriend that's partially Jewish. And, um, Oh, by the way, I also created a podcast that attracted a hundred thousand listeners a week that was, you know, promoting, uh, alt-right ideas and white nationalism and a hard stance on the JQ, you know, then I would be like, okay, all right. You know, I mean, I would make an exception for that person given their accomplishments. If it's somebody that has not done anything and simply wants acceptance, I would say, well, you know, you kind of have to earn it if, if, if this is your case, right? Mm -hmm. I think that was a little longer than I even expected it, but I think it was worth it but because he once again talked about making exceptions for people that earned belonging there, even if they were part Jewish. So he, he said, in which case I have to go. He didn't say anything about his wife. He's talking, no. Musonius asked him about forum members that had been expelled. He feigned ignorance of that, that yeah, forum members he, had been he, expelled. He feigned ignorance. He he pretended as though this giant flame war where moderators were, were banning people and each other and locking and unlocking threads and fighting. He claimed all he feigned ignorance of this. Oh, I don't know anything about that. And he 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 very clearly he, I, I believe that with, with the context, it's very clear that he's talking about himself. And that is that is the crux of this. Because the people who are defending him will, and I'm glad we have the clips so we can let the listeners decide. Please decide for yourselves what he means by this. But I believe, and I think, I think Bill also believes this, it's very clear that he's talking about himself. And I want to remind everyone to remember, I, I stress this because of the importance of the timing. At this point in time, the forums were melting down. People were getting banned. Threads were getting locked. Moderators were fighting. Mike didn't know that it was his wife who had been doxxed didn't know that it was that it was her who was being discussed and fought over so that's the context of this entire podcast he made this podcast i think it was very very arrogant of him perhaps to do this very very ill-advised but i mean he's jewish so there you go they essentially rolled this podcast out fully fully produced checked voiced they they did this whole program on the spot, they improvised it for damage control without actually bothering to check what the damage really was. The first instinct, the first reaction 
of Mike Enoch and all of the higher-ups who work with him was, oh no, they found out Mike's a Jew. Slap the damage control button. That was their first reaction. And, and that's why second. he's defending himself throughout this podcast. Yes. He as never said like in which case... The, the, go ahead, in, I'm sorry, Will. He never said in which case my wife has to go. Right. He didn't call his wife an edge case, even though she was singing Hitler's songs at, at a Christmas party. <laughs> he didn't call her an edge case. So, so I, I would like to, before we continue, I would like to hear Mike Enoch's definition of an edge case, because he called himself an edge case. Yes. A and that's my next clip. That's clip four. You know, if it comes to the if it comes the day when when we win and somebody says, you know, Mike, uh, you can't really, you know, you're not you can't live here because of your situation. Then I'm like, all right, you know, well, um, frankly, I think that the day that we finally win, well, I'll be long dead. But uh, if that happens, then so be it. And and we could hash out sort of edge cases like there. And like if we were to say that there's the pure the pure white, I mean. We all know that there's going to be edge cases on that, and there's going to be people that are on those edges that you that you would want to include or or not include, and character would have a lot to do with that. Um, character and, and contributions and accomplishments would have a lot to do with that, but you know, obviously, there's limits. You can't you can't just be like you know. Then you're just back to multiculturalism and meritocracy, which you know we don't live in a meritocratic multicultural society. We live in a a, a anti meritocratic multicultural society, but. Um, yeah, you know, well, we don't want to we don't want to be so open that we're like getting back to essentially multiculturalism. But on the edge cases, you know, you, you can examine those individually. And if somebody says, look, I don't pass muster at the end of the day, you know, when the victory has been won, I'll be like, you know what? I'll I'll find I'll go live somewhere else and I'll just be happy that that the United States and Europe are secure. There you have it. Now we know that when Mike Enoch said edge cases, he was talking about a white, that, an apparent white, that wasn't really pure. Because that's how he defined it. And, and when I played that third clip, he called himself an edge case. So yes. he was essentially admitting that he's at least part Jew, that he's not really pure. And and again, I, I actually have unfortunately this isn't this isn't audio. This is a forum post that Mike Enoch made on the forum. I'm gonna read it out to you for this. But I, I'd like to stress that he, he wears a mask while he's while he's doing this. He's coming he's coming to us with his hat in his hand saying, Listen, guys, you found out I'm a Jew. I'm sorry, but I think I deserve to stay. I know I can't be a leader, but I think I've done enough the movement that I prove that I'm sincere and I'm not here to deceive anybody. He's coming here with his hat in his hand, right? That mask, once he realizes what's, what's really happened and the forum melts down again in the midst of melting down when this comes out, he's, he releases an official post on the forum that is damage control. I'm going to read it. And I, I want you to see how the masks have changed hands. He has taken off the, the I'm a good Jew, hand in hat, please let me help you establish white ethnostate, white man. Is this he has a taken screenshot? that mask off. Is Sorry this a screenshot? It's a screenshot. Yeah, I need that to post for this program, please. <laughs> uh, I, will. I will. I will give you all the stuff I have for this. In fact, I might even go so far as to make a thread in the Christoginia forums about it and just dump everything I have. But Great. this is a screenshot. I'm going to read it to you. 
And note the difference in tone here. As I am sure you all know, I was doxxed in an ill attempt to fool the media about my identity, which led to me not talking to you people and trying to simply ride it out by being silent. This was irresponsible and a disservice to all of you. Yes, my wife is who they say she is. I won't even bother denying it. I won't bother making excuses. If this makes you want to leave the movement or have nothing to do with TRS, then I understand. Don't lie for me. Don't try to defend those attacking me. Don't jeopardize your own reputation by defending things you don't think you can. I could try to explain my whole life for the last 10 years to you, but what difference at this point would it make? Life isn't perfect. The media seems to have known my wife's identity for a little while and to have known that they would drive a wedge in our movement. I don't want that to happen. I don't think we should let that happen. I hope that we can continue and that our site and movement can continue. I'm just a guy that puts ideas out there on the internet. I want to save Europe, America, and the white race. We are going to continue and not let this thing die. We have been hit hard, and we need to not let them do this to us. And I, I want to, before you comment on that, I want to say for the record, this is this is a thing that was going around the forums at the time where they didn't realize who had doxed him. They didn't realize who had doxed his wife. They thought it was some some Antifa person from CNN who had done it. They didn't realize that it was one of the moderators who was accidentally added to the higher-up private Facebook. They thought this docs had come from the outside and not internally. So you see him make reference to that in this post. But I, I really want to draw attention to how complete a change in tone is he has from when he, when he believes he's been outed as a Jew to here where he realizes it's his wife and he basically just tries to throw her under the bus completely and then brush it all under the rug. What are your what are your thoughts on this, Bill? Well, well, he threw her under the bus, but even then he didn't divorce her. No, and they're still not divorced <laughs> to this day. I've heard that claim that they are. They're not. They still cohabitate. They still live in the same. If you if you divorce someone, are you going to live in the same apartment as them? I can't. Well, I can't. I, I can't speak as someone who is married because I'm not, and I can't speak as someone who's ever been divorced because I haven't been. Although I, I believe you have some experience with that. I, I don't want to draw attention to it. But I got to ask, as, as, an old, as a younger man asking an older man, sincerely, would you live with your ex who you divorced? No, you never. Live in the same never. <laughs> I've been divorced no. a couple of times. No, no never. You, you don't. Wow. Life would be hell to live with an ex that was, di that was divorced from me. That would be hell. It, it, it can't be done. It can't be, and she's bringing in her new boyfriend, and they're having a fling on the couch, and you're sitting there trying to type your your podcast. <laughs> no. right, you're, you're writing up your your fashion your fashion show a struggle session episode five hundred and sixty five, while while your your ex Jewish wife is is got a black bowl in the living room. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's it's absurd. All these arguments that I've seen people make who are trying to defend Mike are absurd. They just fall apart, especially when you put them in the context of the timeline of events where Mike thought he had been doxxed, then realized it was his wife, and he switches tactics, and you see one mask come off, and you can watch another mask get put on in real time. And as I've said before, I regret not having the Christmas special because I would have loved to have uh, the, the nasally voice of a, of a benign Brith like Jewish feminists singing anti-Semitic Christmas carols. I think it would have been funny if nothing else. We don't really need that, though, because we don't really have to prove that she's Jewish. Mike admits she's Jewish in this, in this 
post. Yes, my wife is who they say she is. I won't even bother denying it. Mike admits she's a Jew. The real, the real slightly uphill battle here is proving that Mike Enoch is himself a Jew. And I think, I think we've pretty much done that. He's admitted it from his own mouth that he's Jewish. He's said, as a Jew speaking to other Jews, I use the term Jew, right? Speaking even to other, other Jews, I talk, I use the word Jew, right? He's, he's, he, puts forth these hypothetical examples of how a person like him could remain in the movement, even though they aren't completely white or they're partially Jewish. And I, I know this is very petty of me to say this, Bill, but I hope you can understand. I, I, I endured the, the center of this hurricane. I am so sick to death of people coming out of the woodwork and pulling a card out of their pocket and handing it to me saying, but what about all the one-fourth and one-sixteenth Jews in the Third Reich? I'm about to throw somebody out a window if I hear that argument again. I really am. <laughs> I know, that gets old. It gets very old. But even if it's true, well, guess what? The Third Reich failed. The Third Reich failed. I mean, let's, let's not forget. I mean, that's, that's the real red pill, right? Is first you say, oh, Hitler's a monster. And then you say, well, Hitler was right about some things. Then you realize the Holocaust didn't happen, and then you realize the Holocaust should have happened, and it didn't, and it will, right? If, if there's a reason the Third Reich failed, I would, I would postulate it's probably because they gave Jews swimming pools and movie theaters instead of actually throwing them in fires. Right. What they should he, have he was too kind to Jews. I, I agree. But at, at the same time, I recognize Adolf Hitler is a virtuous man, and he was a good Christian man. And National Socialism, the way that Adolf Hitler lays it out in Mein Kampf, is probably— and I don't believe in political solutions and political parties, but National Socialism is the closest political ideology to true Christianity that's ever been developed. I would agree. So. And, and there's, there's one more piece of evidence I'd like to throw out here. This is, this is something that was said by Mike Enoch during an Ask Me Anything session on I, be, I don't believe this was on Reddit because I can't imagine they would have had this on Reddit. This must have been on Vote, but it may have been on Reddit. I don't know. There was a period of time where Reddit was a lot more lax and they let stuff slide and they didn't just automatically ban people who aren't communists. Um, I don't know if this was on Reddit or Vote. It's just a screenshot. I'll send this to you as well so you have it, Bill. But someone asked him, how did you meet your wife? And is she as red-pilled as you? Mike Enoch says, I met her at work. And we were about, I was, she was about half as red-pilled as I am. But to some extent, that doesn't matter. She was a normie when we met, and I was a libertarian. She still has some libertarian sympathies. If you're looking to find a red-pilled girl, I think it may be futile. You should instead find some also normal girl and make her love you, and it won't matter. But I want, I, ignoring that, that whole, like, back 80% of that, which isn't important. That's not relevant. I met her at work. That's I know a lot of people, I, and I know I know Florian, and I know a few other guys. Really, Doug, I know. I think Common Filth did a lot of work on this too. We tried to find exactly what the hell they were doing. I can't prove what job Mike Enoch had before he started making podcasts. We just simply don't know. The information's not there. But considering what his wife was doing. As, as an alumni of a B'nai B'rith youth organization, a diversity off, officer in this, in this company, 
right? Doing all of these incredibly subversive, donating time and, and labor to child tranny advocacy groups in Broadway on New York City and stuff. It's incredibly damning in retrospect for Mike to admit we met at work because we were doing the same thing. We don't know what job he had. I'm not I'm not making a statement on that. I don't want to say anything I can't prove. Okay. So Enoch, from what I've seen, everything I've seen online, Enoch claims that he was a software developer. Okay. That that, that he was a programmer, a computer programmer. He was a software developer. And I, I think Pearl PHP, I don't remember. It, it was one of the, it, it was in the area of technologies that are used in online websites and things like that. Well, he did speak about the Mongo database program that the forum was run on for the right stuff. And he did, I'm, I'm going to tell you, because I was a software developer, right? And I do all my own tech at Christ, Christagenia. Um, I developed software 30 years ago, but, and that career was short-lived because it was cut short by the federal government. But I was successful, and, and um, if you say you're a software developer and I could talk to you for 10 minutes, I'll know whether or not you really are and you really know what you're doing. That's what it takes, right? 10 minutes. Well, well, just like if I told you that I was a concert pianist, right? And didn't know what middle C was or, or well, I don't, right? Or, or any of that other stuff. You would know right away that I'm full of it, right? So he did explain some of the technical aspects of the Mongo database system that the forum was based on. So it leads me to believe that he does know something about software development. But was his wife a software developer? Or, as far or, as I can tell, no. Or is her real job? Um, and 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 Mike said she was half red pilled. That's what he claimed. And, he claimed and her he real job is what? She was half red pilled. Transgendering kids. <laughs> well, they they are apparently libertarians. Although I question even that because even the most radical liberal libertarians I know of, who are still somewhat libertarian. Don't don't support half the things that, that these alleged libertarians. Now, a libertarian support. does not support Antifa. No. And no, a, libertarian a, a, liber a libertarian does not run around want to execute communists. A libertarian does not run around transgendering children. <laughs> I, I mean, a libertarian that. may libertarian not care stuff. if the parents next door transgender their kids. That's libertarianism. But they don't run around transgendering children themselves. She's half red pilled. Which half? Her bottom half? Which half? <laughs> <laughs> well, well. To, to to be fair, and let's have a bit of an inside joke. Maybe maybe the red pill was in her little finger. Bill, let's give her the benefit of the doubt here. Well, I know what Mike Enoch was really doing, and I'm going to play the last clip. It, it's not very long, and this is from early in the fasci struggle session, about 18 and a half minutes. And Enoch is talking about the Jewish domination of the media and how, because of their control of the media, they're able to control the narrative, the general social narrative, right? And, and here's Enoch, and this is not too long shining event or the the central the central event of the of the left-wing religion right now that this is right, right and everything everything that we are supposed to believe multiculturalism uh you know um you know racial egalitarianism um 
sexual egalitarianism, basically every piety, every left-wing piety that we all have to pay lip service to comes out of essentially the, the final argument. It's the same reason Godwin's Law, right? I mean, Godwin's Law comes from the same place. The final argument in all of these cases is the Holocaust. We can't let there be another Holocaust. And, and mm. of course, why was the Holocaust? Like, there have been genocides. There have been wars. There have been mass death. There have been horror many times in history, many times in the 20th century. And, and leading to more dead bodies than supposedly mm. the Holocaust led to. Yet this is – and why? Why is it that it's this event? Well, because this was Jews, okay? And who controls the media? Jews. Who controls the messaging? Jews. I mean, I'm not going to mince – look, everyone knows about me, okay? <laughs> Everybody knows about me, right? <laughs> I'm sure that we all know. But I'm not going to mince words about this. Like, this is Jews, okay? Jews run the media. They run the narrative. It is their narrative. They control it, and the Holocaust is central because this is what happened to them. So they say, and, and they say that not, they say so, any look any. As far as I'm concerned, the only reason why he ever would have said and interrupted himself to say, "Look, everybody knows about me," is because he's one of those damn Jews trying to control the media, trying to control the narrative. Yeah, exactly. Why would he stop I, I and say I, that? I don't see of another way to interpret. I don't know how else you could interpret that. And I, I believe that the people who make, made that argument then and are still making it now with him and his political, like his, his National Justice Party, then and now, I consider the people who make that argument to be very intellectually dishonest. In my opinion, you don't have a leg to stand on. It's simply, it's not, it's not debatable. It's so obvious what he's talking about. And, and it's, it's also obvious because he skirts around it so much, Bill. He never quite comes out and says, yes, I'm a Jew. But you could see it on the tip of his tongue, can't you? It, it's, it's like he knows, he knows better than to say it outright, but he constantly alludes to it. He constantly says it, but he doesn't say it explicitly, right? He, he won't because he knows he can't. He admitted it so many times in different subtle ways, and that's one of them. I mean, he's saying I'm an exception because I control the the the, the anti-narrative. That's what he's saying. Right? Why are you an exception, Mike? Aren't Everybody you some white me. guy from New York City? I'm sorry. What's there that about you that makes you an exception? Well, that he's a Jew, know. just like the exactly. Jews he's talking about. It's 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 on its face. It's so absurd. And and I, I I know I know this is this is fundamentally it's it's a it's a it's a Bible it's a Bible ministry you're putting together. So I I really want to just throw this on the pile. I really feel as though the ability for people like Mike and his friends to pull the wool over the eyes of so many people is proof that we have to have God. We really do. I know I know in history in in ancient history and in, in civilizations like the ancients like Indian civilizations and stuff like that. There are, there are examples of non-whites worshiping uh, Adamic men, Aryan men as gods. I, I know, I know it's rather infamous, even, even outside of Christian identity, where when the, when the, the conquistadors, when the Spanish sailors showed up in, in South America, all the South Americans thought they were gods, right? But in spite of, in spite of how much that can be an ego boost, it's important to remember that without God, we are a bunch of clowns on a stage throwing pies at each other. Absolutely. And this, is a, this is a perfect example of it. 
you can you can have all the dignity and aplomb that you want, but even I, I, I would hesitate to even use certain biblical examples of this because even a man dying of thirst in a desert, which is which is the symbolism that's used, right? That that the truth of Christ, the truth of 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 Yahshua, the, the truth of Yahweh is is a water where you drink from it and you'll not thirst again, right? Because you, you've seen, you finally found it. Even a man dying in the desert, even a man dying of thirst in the desert has more dignity than we do when when we don't have God. We're just a bunch of clowns, and that's the reason I ended up here. That's, 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 I, I explained, and it took me like 15, 20 minutes to go over it all. The short five second elevator pitch, why am I here on Christagenia? I got tired of wearing the clown. I really did. I, I, I swallowed my pride. I, I put my Christianity second and I put the movement first and I assumed everyone else would do the same because of course they would and they didn't. And it's just one, it's, it's just one giant clown rodeo with bulls in the pen running people over. And the only people who are laughing are all the Jews and devils of the world. It's well, it's just one big sideshow attraction. They're not going anywhere. I appreciate that testimony, and and we certainly do see that same thing at Christagenia. We always have. I mean, it's not very often that I comment on um, politics or political movements, but I, I have to do this periodically with, with the alt-right. Uh, I think it's been over three years now since I've done it. So, I mean, my life was interrupted with a hurricane and things like that, which has caused me to forestall a few projects, but it, it's, I, I would like to dis, to discuss this at every other month at least. And it needs to be discussed because all of these, um, well, well, first so many people in our face, Facebook friends list on our Christagenia forum, in our social circles that they'll post or, or they'll think it's cool to post the occasional, um, okay thing from a brother Nathaniel or from a Richard Spencer <sighs> or, or from a Greg Johnson. And, and no, it's not okay. They're all clowns and identity Christians should reject every single one of them every single time. It, it, if a pig grows up and, and recited the 10 commandments, are you going to worship the pig? Are, are you going to put the pig on a radio circuit? Or on a speaking tour? <laughs> don't forget, don't forget Pastor Anderson. Don't forget to throw him on the pile because I'm sure he gets quoted a few times. Yeah, right. And and he shows up every once in a while. A newbie publishes something from Pastor Anderson on a Pastor Anderson. He he's a straight race mixing dirtbag, and and he's part Jew. And and yeah. every once in a while, a newbie will post something from him on a Christagenia forum, and and it. I just roll my eyes and say, why me? That That's life, right? But no, we have to warn about these people because they're not we, a solution. We, we, we do. And I, I, I don't think I've mentioned this on, on this podcast, although I, I did mention it to you earlier in conversation. But I know some people have mentioned, have asked when this, when we were discussing about whether or not to do this podcast, some people brought up, and I don't, I don't resent this question. I think it's a very good question. Why do this? Isn't it just gossip? Aren't there better things you could talk about? To a degree, yes, that's true, right? That's not untrue. I, I don't, I don't, 
I'm not rebuking or condemning the people who asked that question. That's a very good question to ask. Isn't this just gossip? In a way, yes, but also it's important to, to see these things and to understand that this is all, it's not going to help. I, I, I gave these people eight years of my life trying, trying to fight to, to make sure that if I ever even manage to have grandchildren, that they'll have a life that isn't some kind of dystopian post-apocalyptic race war, that they, that they have something. And no one really cares. No one really takes it seriously. There are people who do, of course, and I, I, I really hope that all of the people who, who were repulsed enough by all of the things that came out during the Yidwife crisis, I hope they find the truth. I hope, I hope that, that, that Yahshua, I hope that Christ, I hope he leads them to the truth. I hope one day Florian realizes it. I really do. I, I hope one day something awful realizes that his, his space atheism, not something awful, excuse me, uh, common filth. I hope one day common filth realizes that his, his space atheism, I want to go to Mars, I don't want to be on this planet with niggers anymore. I hope one day he understands that, that you, need, you need Jesus for that. You need Christ if you want to have some kind of hope. I really do. I hope they learn it. But secular nationalism is a failure, Bill. It has failed. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to open this can of worms too too wide, because we could probably make a whole series of podcasts on it. But long before I was born, long before I ever showed up, long before Mike Enoch ever made TRS, right? Long before Andrew Anglin was ever born, we had these same fights. We've been going in circles for almost a century now. At this point, we've had these fights with Harold Covington. We went in circles. After 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 Rockwell was was assassinated, right. we've been doing nothing but arguing in circles for almost a hundred years now. Why? Because we won't <laughs> put God first. I, I was we actually. Think we, I, we I'm think sorry. We can build the kingdom, and we can't. That that's absolutely true. And in, in, in um, I don't know why George Rockwell was introduced to Christian identity. I know he was because a man who was very close to him, Frank Smith, had had started had gone to Maine after Rockwell's assassination and Frank Smith was a close associate and moved to Maine and started an identity church. He ordained me in 2000. So, so I know that Rockwell was close to Christian identity people and Frank Smith was one of them. So that being said, Rockwell didn't really accept it and never, um, lived as a Christian, he everything he did was based around national socialism, in spite of the fact that Hitler was a Christian. So Rockwell sought that bigger tent, bigger umbrella, and 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 in his own way, rejecting Christianity. William Pierce did the same thing, and, and David Duke does the same thing. He gives Christianity marginal lip service, he rejects CI, and, and he has friends with Jews. Yeah, and he, he says that Jesus was Jewish. And and if push comes to shove, I've seen him do it. David Duke will condemn Christianity. Don all Black does the Jews. same thing. And all these men are clowns. Every single one of them is a clown. If we when, don't have Christianity, we have nothing. And and I I I know because I've seen I've seen people argue this. I've had this argument with Bond. I've had this argument with other people. Yes, I would say that white men tend to have more dignity 
or or inherent glory about them. I'm not. I I I really liked your podcast about how about Christ supremacy. I'm not a white supremacist, and the reason I'm not a white supremacist is because of all this experience I've had. Does a clown have more dignity on stage than the donkey, the ass that he uses as a stage prop? Yes. The clown is still a clown, though, at the end of the day. And that's exactly what we are when we don't have God. I've seen it. I've, I've, I've gone to that carnival. I paid my entrance fee. I bought the ticket. I saw the elephant. I've eaten right. the bag of peanuts. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen everything. It's, it's, you're not going to do this without God. Having Can't. God and, and having Christ is also a lot more than just paying Christ lip service. I mean, th this is why, and, and uh, okay, not too many people realize this, but National Socialism is founded entirely on Christian principles. And I've walked through Mein Kampf, I've done podcasts, and, and showed how it's founded on Christian principles, even though Hitler didn't give Jesus lip service. He didn't have to. He was, he followed him and national socialism was entirely Christian in its fabric, but not in its language. We don't need the language. Christ himself talked about people who honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Most Christians in America today are capitalists. Being capitalists, they're really following Jews. Yeah, you can't be a capitalist or a libertarian and also be a Christian. I've I've learned that the hard way because I I used to consider myself a a culturally conservative log cabin libertarian, and and the the two problems with that are one, if if you're a capitalist or a libertarian, you're you're using a market, which means money, as your your north star for guiding your morality. You're using well, well, the whore of Babylon to decide. Right, that's what it boils down to. If you're a libertarian, I did a program um, six, seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, on Christian Christianity cannot be, or, or uh, libertarianism cannot be Christian, and and you you can't. It's a compromise ideology first because you're allowing Satan to live next door. Yeah, you're approving of and, it. And the and that that's that's the second problem with libertarianism is fundamentally libertarianism and and capitalism is very naive because it says, well, if I leave all the devils and I leave all the communists and I leave all these other people alone, right? If they want to be communists and devils in their own neighborhoods or in their own country, they can be. Just leave me out of it. It's naive, right? Because you and I both know that no Jew anywhere will ever be at peace until they have hunted down the last white man in the Canadian wilderness, dragged him kicking and screaming into a street somewhere so they can they can castrate him in public and parade him around on a stick, right? You're not, you're never going to be left alone. That would be my message to anyone who still holds on to that log cabin, you know, libertarian republicanism. Listen, listen to me, brother. They're not ever going to leave. There's that, that was a lie to get you uninvolved. Their goal was to make you uninvolved with society. Right. They will never live up to their own standard of live and let live. Bill, even putting everything we've talked about today aside, just look at what they've done. Look at what the sodomites have done in the last eight years, Bill. We went from, you know, gay marriage is okay. It's just a contract. What we do behind closed doors is fine. To bake the cake, bigot. To your child is going to take hormones and put on a skirt 
and twerk. Your son is going to twerk in the street for grown men throwing dollar bills at him. And if you if you hate that and try to stop it, you're a Nazi. This is the the, the acceleration of this. We're we're at Weimar. We were at Weimar a year ago, Bill. We're somewhere beyond that now. They will never ever. It's 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 never ever. They're never ever going to live up to their own standards. It won't. It's just a trick. It's always been a way to just get you on. An... You cut out there... a little bit. Oh, did I? I apologize. It's always a way to get you uninvolved. Right. I agree. It's ju it's just a way to get you to stop caring about what they're doing in their part of the neighborhood, and in in the end, they'll take over yours. And I know I know we've we've talked for a little while, and I've got I've got something I'd like to say to end the podcast on. But before we before we start shifting down a gear and wrapping this up, was there anything else you wanted to say, Bill? I'm, I don't think so. I'm, I mean, people have heard most of my opinions before. I, I did want to say one thing. Okay, that the the people in the forum and the people in the chat that they had said, why do this podcast? But you know, they represent just a small number of my listeners, and and they are the most active and and the, the most involved in the message and and probably not usually but at, at least they're among the most studied of my listeners and they're, they're always in the forum and they're always in the chat and they're always involved so to them mikey knox probably a distraction but the 95% of my listeners or, or better who are not in the forum or the chats, a lot of them do need a podcast like this. And, and Christiani reaches um, tens of thousands of people every month who are not even listeners. And they do need a, or, or at least many of them probably, or may need a podcast like this. So it's not for the the people in the forum and the chat that I'm doing my podcasts. <laughs> that that's I, I know they're more intensely interested in the hardcore Bible studies, the commentaries, but we have to address this other material too. It has to be addressed. And and nobody else is doing this from our Christian identity perspective. So it has to be done. Right. For the same reasons that you had to go out of your way to to walk through everything that Charles Charles Weissman did and disprove it, at, at the end of the day, you have you have to someone has to grab these people by the scruff of the neck and throw them out the door. At the end of the day, we have to do that because if you don't, it'll just build up and build up and build up and build up, and you'll find your truth just drowned in a sea of lies. We're not called to. I don't know how you choose to interpret this, Bill. You know more about this in the language than I do. But to me, when, when Christ says that you have to hold your light up to the world, it, it's, it's, that's, that's picking a fight. By definition, that's picking a fight. Not just because the world's going to hate you for it, but because it's holding your tongue and not picking a fight that's covering your light up with a basket. Well, right. I agree. I agree. And, and I'm not trying to be a political leader. In, in, in the South... Southern nationalism and, and activist leadership and political leadership, I got to leave that to Michael Hill. That's what he does. It's not what I do. But what, when these so-called leaders step up and, and they're, they're false and, and they're actually dangerous to our movement, I have to open my mouth. 
That's a responsibility. That's the way I see I, it. I would agree. And I, I we're, we're going to probably end the podcast in just a moment. But I, I have mentioned in, in passing a few things that, uh, that we're going to have to be covered in another podcast because we can clearly see this is, this is running a long time and we've just touched on Mike Enoch and his wife. There is, there is a web of people who have, who have done things that are reprehensible, who have lied, who are Jewish, who we can prove work for uh, the American federal authorities like we've. And we'll be talking about them probably in follow-up podcasts. Hopefully the listeners show some interest in that too. I, I would hope they would. Um, I think the next thing on the menu is probably the most sensationalist thing, which is Greg Johnson. And I, I want it to be known one of the reasons that the Yidwife crisis blew up so badly is because this was actually a series of things that were outed in succession. It wasn't just, oh, you know, we found out that Mike's wife is a Jew and then he accidentally admitted he was a Jew. There were other things that came out as a result of this massive leak from their, from their Facebook profile, uh, from their Facebook groups. And among them, we have proof that a member of the higher ups who made who helped work on podcasts for uh, for the right stuff biz. We have proof that a individual who who uses the name ghoul uh, sexually groomed an underage boy he is a sodomite and he had at least one catamite that we know of. And not only were the higher ups aware of this, but they actively contributed towards covering it up and hiding it. And when all of this information dropped, it actually took us like two weeks to work through all of it to find out exactly how outraged we ought to be because there was so much information to, to sift through to realize what the hell all these people had been doing all this time in their private groups. And when all of this broke, there was... This is the reason why there was a schism, why people felt so motivated that they went off and made their own websites instead to, to rival TRS to try and fight it, fight against it. Because it's not just about Mike Enoch and his wife being a Jew. There, there is pedophilia on the alt-right. There is grooming of children sexually on the alt-right. There are, there are actual crimes being committed by these people. And if our governments were not beast governments, if they were not themselves subverted and corrupted, these people would go to jail. Some of these people would probably face execution. I would like to hope that any just society would execute a, a, an adult man who sexually grooms little children. I would like to hope any society would kill that man. And yet... These people are tolerated, they're, they're let back in, they're forgiven. And I think most damningly of all, the system itself, which is very left-wing, which is very anarchist, which is very Jewish and pro-communist, doesn't chase after these people. If, if Mike Enoch and his friends were really such a threat to the establishment, don't you think they would cling to the revelations that, that, are, that we're talking about? Don't you think they would, they, would, they would punish these people for sex trafficking children? And yet, there's just silence, Bill. There's nothing. Well, I really, like to, I, I really would like to see the evidence because to make those accusations, we're going to have to have it. Yes, we will have to have evidence, and I have that evidence. We will be presenting the evidence that we have. 
But I would like to I would like to end the podcast with this because it'll tee up. We're going to be talking about the gay mafia next time, and Lord help us, that's probably going to be the name of the episode when we get around to making it. But Greg Johnson, who is a figure I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with, Bill, um, he supports. He is he is a sort of shadow figure who has supported TRS and he's supported the Daily Stormer and he's supported all these other people. He has connections and money. Mike Enoch has gone on record, and ha as have all of the other higher-ups on TRS, um, the other people who make the podcasts, they've gone on record saying an attack on Greg Johnson is an attack on TRS. To attack Greg Johnson, to criticize Greg Johnson, is to criticize the movement, air quotes. And I would like to, I'd like to end this podcast, my contributions to it, with a series of quotes. These are Greg Johnson in his own words. And I have archives of the articles or the interviews where he said all of these things. So I can prove all of these are his words. I will also be providing this information. I'll, I'll show this picture to, to Bill so he can have this posted as well. Um, quote, intolerance of homosexuality is Jewish. Quote, homosexuals are and will remain part of our racial family and part of our movement. Quote, the North American New Right like the European new right, is founded on the rejection of fascist and national socialist party politics, totalitarianism, terror, imperialism, and genocide. Quote, the Jewish question is not distinct from ethno-nationalism. It is ethno-nationalism applied to Jews. Thus, no ethno-nationalist is entitled to abstain from it, once one recognizes that Jews are a distinct people, ethno-nationalist solution to the Jewish question is Jewish nationalism, i.e. Zionism. Quote, so I don't just waste my precious time on Holocaust revisionism because no accreation of facts, details, etc., is going to alter the facts that the Germans singled Jews out for especially harsh treatment and a great number of people died for no other reason than the fact they were Jews that should be Holocaust enough for anyone. And finally, quote, the main problem with Jews is not their genes, it is their culture. Yes, genetics shapes culture, but it does not determine it in every detail. The 613 commandments, for instance, are not inscribed in Jewish DNA. <coughs> Jews, like other Near Eastern peoples, are genetically predisposed to be much more ethnocentric than Europeans, and this predisposition serves as a foundation for the Jewish live and let die ethos but this ethos is still a cultural rather than genetic product, end quote. So to criticize Greg Johnson pro, is to attack Mike Enoch. And he's pro-sodomite, and, and he's pro-Jew. Yeah, he's pro-sodomite, and he's pro-Jew. And, and this is the man who, who who supports all these people. I would I would guarantee you, although I don't know who they are, that the 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 high council of seven people who are supposedly in charge of this new political organization that uh, Mike has founded, I guarantee you every single one of them knows Greg. They're probably all friends of his. I would I would almost be willing to guarantee it. Well, this well, man has his fingers in a tremendous number of things on the alt right, and he's a root of a lot of problems. It it really does seem that way, and and it's. Well, I mean, I've questioned Richard Spencer's sexual orientation, and and, and every Jew is a pervert, in, in my opinion. I mean, they created Sodom and Gomorrah. So why wouldn't they all be in bed together? And and they do defend each other, and, and I, I wanted to leave on that point, which is that Mike Enoch and all of the other higher-ups on TRS, they not only defended Ghoul, 
when it came out, they tried to cover it up, and then when they couldn't, they defended him. When it came out that he was he was he was engaging in pedastry, that he was he had a catamite that he was grooming and keeping as a pet. But in addition, they have also said that anyone who criticizes Greg Johnson is criticizing, sabotaging, and undermining the movement, and that to criticize Greg Johnson is to criticize the right stuff not bids. And I believe Anglin has also made a similar statement that to criticize Greg Johnson is to attack the Daily Stormer. So I hope those of you out there who still have some esteem for TRS or the Daily Stormer take that sentiment into account when you consider who it is you respect so you don't reserve respect. Right. And uh, they, that that's everything I've got for today. That they have to be they they have to be um, exposed and the light has to be shown on them so that identity Christians and true Christian nationalists don't get involved with them. They should be avoided at all costs. I agree. God God willing, the truth will be seen. I believe I believe we will be working towards that in the near future. And I'm I'm very glad that we were able to do this podcast and that you were willing to have me on. Thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And and praise Yahweh. Praise Christ. Praise Christ. We'll speak to you again soon. Thanks. Thank you very much.